Does everybody know that the Bivens brothers are vaguely bilingual? We're not. Yeah, it's not even vague. It's there's, not, it's, there's no lingual. No. There's an unolingual. I will, I will give a quick plug to uh, uh, the app Duolingo, sure. though, because I, I spent a, a full year. I, I, my goal was to do it every day for five minutes for an entire year leading up to um, when Elise and I got married uh, in Mexico. And uh, I, got, I got pretty okay at, you know, doing basic stuff. Uh, much better than I ever thought I would get. You know, I could, I could, I got to the point where I could, if I was ordering food, mm. I could, I could definitely order like a champ, but I, I got started to get a little less afraid of being responded to. That, that was my, that's always my biggest fear. It's, yes. you know, I can say something to somebody, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to know to, you know, because people in, uh, who I think this, it's a pretty general Spanish speakers of wherever you are from, they speak very fast. Yes. Whether you're Mexican or Puerto Rican or Spanish or wherever the hell, uh, they talk fast and it's hard to follow. And then it's like, Oh, but now they've asked me something. I don't even know how to say anyway, even if I can understand it. So anyway, that was a longer plug than I wanted to. Let's go on, move on. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, brother. Hello, brother. How's it going? It's going well. It's a rainy, rainy Chicago day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a great day here. We had a long rainy day on Saturday, uh-huh. uh, which which could be a, a segue to one of my topics to talk mm-hmm. about today. Uh, there was a, a tropical storm that kind of came through, and so it just it literally rained all day, which made for a nice kind of cozy, semi-spooky October Halloween movie watching time. It's a great time for... Just, yeah. It's a great time. <laughs> yeah, those are the best times. You have been watching, we can dive right into it. I know that you have been watching uh, a few horror movies. We've watched one, All to, of them. one to two every single night, yeah. <laughs> which is our normal, that's our normal October. It's usually like, you know, it's usually uh, a horror movie once a month at least, but October time pretty much is nonstop. We actually went to a party uh, with friends that were showing horror movies, uh, which is... A party that for friends who were showing horror movies. Yes, we well we went. Yes, they they had these these friends of ours are are very into super kitschy and seventies style. Okay, somewhat painful to watch and look at, but horror that like specific. worse than Suspiria, like. Uh, and they I, love I don't Suspiria. Know, I, they love right. It. And I've not, I've actually never seen Suspiria, but it, like you mean like that style, which I think Suspiria is kind of. It's a B movie that is uh, of it's a cult movie that that's kind of revered, if, yes. if, you know, right? Um, which and I've never seen it, so I don't know. But when I think of like seventies weird, mm-hmm. uh, like that and the layer of witch. the white worm, uh-huh. the the love witch, the love witch, uh huh, uh huh. I think that's called Bewitched. <laughs> That's I dream of Jimmy. What's the what's the what was the bewitch theme? What is the like that thing yeah i'm a witch i'm coming after your i'm coming after you bitch i'm coming after your kids hope you don't care if they live or die 
because they're going to die. Yeah, I'm a witch. Oh. Yeah, uh, the love witch. Okay. Yeah, uh, I remember we watched. We were into the love boat, <laughs> and we liked the love bug as kids. This was in seventies. Love loving entertainment. You could love everything. But I never, I've never heard of the love witch. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so your friends are into like Suspiria and of lower quality B movie stuff. Yeah. So like, you know, we started the we started the day with uh, sleepaway camp. Mm. Um, oh god and then they amazing moved. yeah i know it is amazing it actually is we it could do a whole episode about that we might we might have to we might have to yeah. it is i haven't a seen time. it in a long time well it it, it quote unquote holds up i mean yeah <laughs> take that any way that you want to take it it's uh yeah it's 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 a masterful thing it is so weird of course, yeah. that's weird. But yeah. Anyway. For those of you who don't know Sleepaway Camp, who haven't seen it, treat yourself. Treat it is yourself. a truly budget B movie that is 99% just clownish. It's so campy. It's mm. it's like it's a clown show. And then in the last second don't, of the movie, it's yeah. genuinely frightening (laughs) like chilling it's chilling it's It's so it just you're like you just get sucker punched because you're like what happened so yeah check that out our our old friend kevin young young kevin young Mm -hmm. uh turned us on to that and was obsessed he he wanted to do a a a sleepaway camp musical he did years and uh, why haven't we done that well that would be amazing here's the thing that i had forgotten not not only i mean did he love movies uh, that movie and movies of its ilk of that of that ilk but he actually used the you know he, uh, he sort of sampled the themes the musical themes to sleepaway camp for uh his jump little children horror short yeah uh suburban mutilator nightmare suburban mutilator nightmare yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's very sleepaway camp i I didn't even realize how sleepaway camp it is all those things that he was telling us to do like the um you know like the ward's hand in the air just shaking it's it's right out of sleepaway camp i mean it's It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. to watch. Actually, I will say Sleepaway Camp has incredible makeup effects. Really, yeah. like a, it's really you know far and above the best thing about the movie. It's doesn't really intense. Uh, I, the only effect I can really remember is doesn't um, James Earl Jones's brother get like his head melted or something? Uh, that's uh, it's not it's not the brother. It's uh, it's another chef. It's another. It's another. Another cook at the camp who is just unabashedly a pedophile. Like the first oh. three seconds of of oh. dialogue with him, he's talking about. Oh. I mean, it's, it's horrific. I can't even repeat it. I can't repeat it. I wouldn't want to repeat it in in any oh, in God. any world. But it's, we should stop talking about it. <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah, okay. but he gets burned. He gets really. He gets. He gets. He gets his come. He gets up. his come up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. That's yeah. where that's where you belong, you jerk. Yeah, Jared. So, uh, which, what ones have you? What ones did you give a shot uh, to horror movies? Um, we did one, just kind of fluffy, fun one uh, for at least doesn't like uh, horror movies really at all. Right. And as you know, we've already discussed my horror movie tastes have uh, changed over the years. Uh, I used to. My, my general rule was kind of like anything but torture porn. That right. just, that never did it for me. But 
Uh, nowadays, like if it's true, like we've already discussed this, but if it's truly horrific, if I'm starting to get sad about the, someone's story, uh, then I'm hard. It's, or if it's like extreme gore and it's very visceral and real, if it's not fun, if it's not fun, it doesn't have to be campy, like sleep away camp, but scream is a great example. If it's not something like that, then I'm, I'm not as into it these days. Uh, so anyway, uh, Elise was kind of just, uh, lounging in bed in the early morning and I was making breakfast like I normally do. And I said, well, maybe I can lure her down here with the prospect of watching her, one of her favorite movies, which is Hocus Pocus from the early nineties, 1993. I don't I think I've ever seen it. You know, I, I'm, I've seen parts of it, I guess, but I'd never seen it either. And it's fun. I, it, I read a review of it, uh, later. It got pants. Like nobody, I don't think anyone liked it at the time, but it's since become a cult classic. Uh, another movie that I'm surprised they haven't turned into a musical considering there's musical numbers with Bette Midler, um, and, um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, uh, both, yeah, they have like a little song moment. That is a surprise. I know. Uh, it was Sarah Jessica Parker pre-Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the best thing she ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like you know, it feels like ever since Sex in the City, she's just done that. Yes. you know, she's kind of done that role, and um, this, you know, she just got to camp it up and have fun. So it, it's a Disney movie. It's just oh. straight up for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's light and fun and silly and. Uh, you know, that's, that's great. And then as the day wore on, uh, I decided to take you up on your suggestion. Uh, a few weeks ago, you said to check out uncanny Annie, thus the discussion about fun horror. That's not too visceral. And, um, so I watched that. We watched that. Uh, and that is from the Hulu horror anthology series. I guess it's an anthology into the dark, dark. uh, I, we liked it. It was yeah. fun. It, yeah. it, 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 I, I would describe it as like a really well done uh, student film. Yes. I think all of them of that series, the Into the Dark series, are like this. In mm-hmm. fact, Lindsay says it really would have been a much, much, much better uh, c- compilation anthology if it had just been something like Black... Um, an episode. Uh, yeah, right. an episode. Yeah. It didn't need to be two hours, yeah. The setup was a little more fun than the execution of it, so just pardon the pun. Um, uh, For the setup, for those of you who've never seen Uncanny Annie, uh, the the premise is uh, there are a group of friends, five or six friends, who have gathered on Halloween. Uh, They're college kids. And a year ago on that day, uh, one of the people in their in their group died, and so they've come back while everyone else is out, kind of partying and drinking and being stupid. They've decided to just spend the night at home because their friend liked to play games and, uh, you know, was more of a just a, I don't know, a nerdy type of guy. So they they came together to play a game to honor him. And so I thought that was oh, that's a nice kind of it's a break from the like the scream model or whatever, like the, just the, the horny teen model, which yeah. give me horny teens. That's fine. We're horny college kids. Don't give me horny teens. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> that's creepy, <laughs> but like whatever college kids, you know, yes. like, yeah, that's breaking away from that model and just having them like, Oh, they've come together for a somber kind of thing. And they're just honoring their friend. There was some really fun, uh, realistic dialogue going on. I thought yeah. really yeah. like natural acting and, and that made it, that made it kind of fun. 
Yeah, the setup, and that's where the I think the movie was its best. The setup sure. was really good. They they don't they didn't have a specific game to, in mind to play. They just go down to the basement and and pick out uh, from a stack of board games that happen to happen to be down there. Uh, and the one that they end up choosing is Uncanny Annie, which ends up being a lot more than they bargained for. So uh, I'd say the weakest part was the girl who played Uncanny Annie. Yeah, for some. sure. Oh yeah, like if they had made her maybe 10 years younger than that instead of a, a woman or just or that actor which should have just been portraying the, her own age instead of trying to act like she was 12 yes. years old yeah could have been could have played up the creepiness yeah um, she was she was trying too hard and it, it, kind, too it, hard. it kind of took away all of all of the spooky stuff was was not not uh, you know I I wanted it to be fun but I wanted there to be a little bit of scariness yeah. right and the scary stuff wasn't that scary no. so but it was fun it was a kind of an interesting different uh it was creative which i appreciated and that's really it it's there's it's not too complicated right you you then tried to watch the autopsy of jane doe mm. yeah so i was i was texting with with Lindsay and saying okay which which of the other into the darks are good or do you have something that you like better than that um, outside of you know Hulu and she recommended the autopsy of Jane Doe and one other and autopsy of Jane Doe sounded interesting I love Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch I mean that's like a already kind of a stellar cast and we started it and it was very graphic right off the bat uh, I mean, like literally the first scene is just this, you know, blood splattered crime scene. Uh, and then they go into, uh, after that's done, they go into the, the autopsy, into the morgue where this father and son team are performing an autopsy. And it's just, I was like trying to eat <laughs> like, oh, they're scooping out eyeballs. Oh. And uh, it just felt a little too visceral than what we were in the mood for. Mm-hmm. So we went back to uh, Lindsay's other into the dark suggestion, which was, uh, I'm just fucking with you, or I'm just bleeping with you. <laughs> be sure, we'll be sure and bleep that out. I'm just fucking with you. And it was, I really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the best one. one of all of them, honestly. That's what Lindsay said too. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they didn't stick the ending. Nah. They didn't stick the ending, but in terms of, in terms of suspense plus humor, plus an interesting, another like kind of creative idea that I hadn't really seen before, mm-hmm. uh, was, uh, it was really good. Yeah. I'm glad that you liked it. We liked, we liked it too. And autopsy for other people listening and, and, and start the movie when they're not eating it, it does start off strong, but it, it immediately becomes about something it, it has a great. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. Uh, it it does. Yeah. It's. I mean. It's called the autopsy of Jane Doe, and uh, I was like, I wasn't sure why she was recommending that to you, but but honestly, the the worst parts are in the first bit, and then it becomes about something else, which I think is kind of cool. So yeah, maybe for the future. I I'll, I'll say real quick that that I, we've watched a movie called Spring. Uh, it's a it's a movie by the same people who did Resolution and The Endless, and we watched that last night. It also had a great beginning, a great interesting concept, and then went. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them do. A lot of them do. So hard. It's very it's very hard. Uh, one of Bradley Cooper's first films called My Little Eye, which is really interesting because I think it was also one of the first films to use that 
sort of edgy, well, edgy meaning terrible film quality. It's inspired by the Big Brother TV show in England. And the, oh. the, the concept is a bunch of 20-year-olds with, you know, um, mental issues uh, living in a home together kind of on watch, like on the Internet 24. Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think I've seen this. Yeah. And they just start to turn on each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. well, the, the, the concept of where, where they think they are and then where they actually are is very. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's fine. I, it's fine. I think I've seen this a long time ago. Yeah. This was, that, this was Bradley. Oh, wow. This is Bradley Cooper's first film. I don't know about first, but it's one of the, I, I think it's probably the same time as alias. Okay. Uh, which most people forget that he's in and, but it was around yeah. that same time and, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you seen have you guys watched the Midnight Meat Train or as I like to call it the Midnight Meat Train? No. <laughs> what are you talking? About? <laughs> we we took a chance on that the other day. Uh, that's another Bradley Cooper horror film. I think it's a oh god, the Hellraiser guy. What's his name? The guy who wrote Hellraiser, Dag Nabbit, um, famous writer. Uh, it's a it's. Seemingly earlier, Brad Bradley Cooper, but it's like two movies in one. There's like a really good mystery about a, a dude who's a, a photographer. He's trying to make it as an artist, and he's trying to find you know deep subject matter to portray. And he kind of stumbles into this kind of dark mystery that's going on in New York, or I think it's New York where he lives. And then it'll cut to these scenes where these people who end up on this subway train late at night just get <laughs> mutilated by this by uh vinnie you know who vinnie jones is um you know him. he was in i think lock stock and two smoking barrels he's okay. like a famous brutal brutish okay. uh british actor uh he played juggernaut and i think x-men three okay. anyway so he plays this guy who's just has a big old hammer or something and just messes people up but it's it's when he when he attacks them they've like they use this super weird like you think you think that the overuse of cgi is bad now at least the cgi is good like in this movie it's it's just embarrassingly like he'll whack someone in the head and their eyeball pop out and it's just so clearly bad cgi it's the it's just like two different weird movies we didn't finish it yeah so uh, i can go ahead and tell you maybe go ahead and skip that one skip it yeah Midnight sorry Midnight um <laughs> yeah okay yeah well that's, uh, that's a pretty good spooky movie rundown i, I yeah. wish i could say some that have been golden uh, and I've seen some golden ones, but I think I've, we've already talked about them. Um, yeah, no, none this week, but you know, you never know. The month is almost over though. Dun, dun, it is. Dun. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? I, I mean, well, I guess we're, while we're on that, I will say that uh, this morning, not knowing whether you had or had not watched this but of course uh you and i have both been very excited about watchmen yeah coming out and i watched half of it and then i oh i, I didn't make it and so far i've i don't know what's happening oh but i really like it i oh. really like it i have okay. no idea okay. um okay so i i'm captivated instantly uh, oh. You know, people are going to, you know, they're going to listen it's to this and go. Polarizing. Well, uh, it, it, I, I'm sure it's polarizing. It, it, 
from what I can tell, immediately has very little to do with the comic or uh, only only in that it's it's a it's a alternate universe of a future uh, not even a future it's an alternate universe period where the watchmen existed because we you know in the first half hour you see uh dr manhattan on mars but then there's all these cults there's a lot of stuff again half of it so i can't talk too much but there's there's something to do with cops needing to uh, close, you know, cover their faces. So, like, it's almost like the the f- police force have to become some sort of s- s- costume hero in some way. And then there's this entire racial element that I don't know what's happening. There's yeah, uh, really I- intense. But I- I'm I'm excited. I'm very. I, I hope that it ends up. Good, and if if it does, then we'll we'll talk about it here. But I'm kind of I'm curious. I don't mind if they go out on a limb. I don't I don't mind if they change the world. I don't need to see the Watchmen as far as those characters. I'm not married to them. I, I would be happy if it was just a show based on the on the uh, milieu. I'm fine with yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's, uh, from my understanding, for, first of all, uh, for anyone out there who's like, what is a, what's a Watchmen? Um, you probably remember the movie from a, a few years ago, but it's a comic book, one of the kind of most highly regarded comics, graphic novels, um, created in the 80s by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. And uh, it, 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 it stretched the genre because it was more than just um, sequential art, uh, in, you know, in issues, it, there was backstory. There was at the end of every issue, there was, uh, usually some kind of prose, uh, some kind of deeper dive into the characters, stuff that you just didn't ever see in comics before. And it was truly groundbreaking stuff. The career, the writer, Alan Moore is very famously kind of a grumpy dude <laughs> who, uh, he's never been in support of anything that's been adapted adapted from his comics. He doesn't believe that like his kind of his stances, if it's, I created it for comics, that's the medium that I chose. It's not meant to be seen as a movie. So it's not how it was conceived. And I mean, respect, like you can't really argue with that. Um, so, uh, it's uh, a brief, but briefly Watchmen is about, um, uh, kind of a, a group of superheroes uh, in the 80s, and they're all the, the kind of the basic mysteries that they're kind of being picked off one by one um, by someone, someone. No one really knows what's happening, and there's much larger mystery to that. I can't really go into the whole thing. It's it's very very dense, and so this show, like you were saying, is fast. From what I understand, it's fast forwarding to now, yeah. and one of, it's really only has a, a, a handful, if even, of the major characters from Watchmen. So there's uh, Ozymandias, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, a young man in the 80s. He's now portrayed by Jeremy Irons. Is that right? I haven't gotten that far. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's correct. And then and then Doctor Manhattan, who was the truly uh, in the Watchmen universe, the only supernatural superhero. He's the only one who has supernatural powers. Everybody else is just kind of more of like a Batman character where they're, you know, they're just, they're vigilantes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but Dr. Manhattan is a character and, and then they're, they've definitely, they're definitely playing off of another character, Rorschach, who is, you know, maybe the coolest character in Watchmen and kind of an ultra violent creep, but Mm -hmm. with a, with a very refined sense of right and wrong, um, whether or not you, 
agree with his, his, his version of right or wrong is up to you. But uh, it's, it looks like there is a group in this new timeline that is very much inspired by what Rojak stood for. They're kind of maybe their own vigilantes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've been nervous about watching it uh, because, uh, you know, it's it's. I, I'm like you. I'm not. I'm not uh, precious with the comic. Like uh, uh, I'm, I'm open to it, but I also don't want it to suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, re- we'll reconvene on that. We'll reconvene. We'll reconvene. Yeah, that's great. I'm, 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 good. I'm glad to know that you had an initial uh, good impression. Yes, initial impression is. I can't wait to finish the episode. Okay. Yep. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. See ya. See ya. Bye. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think our I think maybe the main the main topic we're going to get to today is probably going to be talking about our friends shovel and rope. Probably shovel and rope, right? Well, I had the idea that we could uh, we could do. Uh, Either one of two things or two of two things. Uh-huh. <laughs> we could share something that, that we've each done yeah. in our respective cities. Because since the kind of the point of the show is that we don't live in the same town anymore, right. uh, you got to see Shovels and Rope at the Vic Theater in Chicago yeah. last week. Um, I went to go see uh, a show called Macbeth. Cool. Um, not not to be confused with Macbeth. Right. Or actually, it is to be confused with the show Macbeth because it is. Um, but it, I, I can talk about <laughs> what the twist is there because it's really interesting. So, so we can share that with each other. Yep. The other idea, the idea number two that we can do now or, or next week or whatever, is um, if to, we could kind of do a spin on our D6 idea and listen to a local band to each town that we've discovered. Uh, and my inspiration for that was uh, I discovered a, a local band kind of um, by accident uh, this last week that I thought was really great. And if you have someone to nominate from Chicago that, you know, you may not have ever heard before, but thought was cool or didn't think was cool. We can kind of listen to them and, and see what we think. I love so, this idea. Those are my ideas kind of, you know, just representing the places where we live since, you know, you don't live here and I don't live there. Get to know, get to know us, get to know our city. Um, for now, why don't you just tell me about Showro? Showro? Uh, yeah. So I think after a decade and a half or so of, of being on the road and being in music venues for a living, it's, it's kind of difficult to get me out of the house to go see music. I, I, I usually... It, have a great time when I do. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. But it's just it's just tough. And I had I'd kind of heard it. I kind of heard it. I, I sort of hurt my back in the last couple of weeks, so I've been a little uh, hobbling a little bit. Anyway, but I it has been so long since I've seen Shovels and Rope uh, play live, and their new album on Blood that came out. By Blood. Uh, sorry, By Blood. Thank you. Uh, by Blood that came out six. Uh, six months ago or so. Yeah, it's a while back. It, yeah, they, they explain why, that they're just sort of now going on tour, but I'll get to it in a second. But I really, I really enjoy that album. I think that, I think, I, I just really love it. It's, it's kind of the one that I've been listening to the most. It, it, is, it is absolutely them. It's definitely Carrie Anna Michael, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a nice stretch on all on, on on both sides, it's a little bit more synth. It's a little harder, and then it's also a little more sort of hmm, it's a little, little more stepping into the past at the same time. Not mm. not acoustic, but sort of a there, there's sort of a 
slight rockabilly thing going on every once in a while, a little doo-wop even. <laughs> it's like a doo-wop element here and there. Well, Carrie's always been into, you know, I think she's always wanted to be in the Supremes. Yeah, I could, right? yes. Or a band, or a band like that. Like the Supremes, you know, sure. The Ronettes or something. Mm-hmm. I think she's, she's always wanted to, I mean, at least I remember playing with her, like her you know, wanting to add those elements in since as long as I can remember. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, so, so she has. So she has. And so I've really enjoyed my blood and I, so I said, okay, how are they going to pull it off live? So I went with friends, uh, went to the Vic theater in Chicago, which is both one of my least favorite and favorite venues in Chicago oh. because, um, my favorite, because that's where I met Lindsay, my wife and, and so that's, it's always going to have a, a warm spot, but it's so nasty, man. <laughs> the thing yeah. is just, bless his heart. It's just so nasty. I, I, I just like, we, we walk in and it's, we're, we're frisked at the door, you know, check for weapons. I get it. But like, really, really yeah. frisked, like oh, very that's intense. That's good though. Then. You know, like know. in this day and age, like that. that I know you need it. I know. It, but it's, and it's the same. It's the same. I remember feeling that um, at the Metro. And maybe maybe yeah. Metro and, and Vic are owned by the same people, but it, their security is very intense. It always has intense. been. Yeah. So, yes, it's safety. Great. Uh, you know, everybody in there felt very safe. I, and I, I do appreciate that. I'm not saying that I don't. But then when you get in, it's just, you know, it's just kind of like a little rundown, a little grimy. Yeah. Uh, sound isn't amazing. But... No. But took seats. It was not as full. It, you know, they they were a little disappointed. I, I talked to them afterwards, and they, they were a little disappointed at the at the turnout. A little soft, and yet they. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't full. Definitely, it it was. How, how big is the Vic? Couple grand. That's a really good question. I don't actually know. Uh, I'll find out. You find out, but they, yeah, it was a little soft. The balcony was wasn't full and and you could you know it wasn't packed down at the at the bottom and they you know they made the decision to wait for touring for a couple of reasons number one they were kind of hoping that it would be uh it would give fans a chance to learn the songs so that everything isn't just sort of a when you come out like you, people have, would have lived with the album for a while which i think is a great idea you know i we we certainly experienced that last year when people get to a new song and they're like, I don't know, you know. So there's that. But then of course they had a baby, a new a new little yeah. boy. And yeah. Oscar? Uh, Oscar O S K A R and I didn't get to meet Oscar. I wanted to but but it was already quiet time by the time I got to the bus. But they jumped on the tour bus three months after he was born. Damn. Still, I know. I was like, dude. They are hardcore. They're so hardcore, but they were so great. Yeah. They were so great. And it's that, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me. And I told him this. I was like, I'm up there and I'm, I'm enjoying. It's, it's, tr- it's tricky with my, with my um, variable attention is th- enjoying the songs, the new songs and the, and the experience as a musician, trying to like analyze that and enjoy that, and then just being flooded, just just endlessly flooded with memories about yeah. both of them, about yeah. 
meeting Carrie Ann for the first time, meeting Michael for the first time, all the all the all the stories and trying to like everything they said, you know, when you're when you know somebody and and I don't know, it just it's it's it was nice. It was really nice. And it was it was so fun. I, I'm always so amazed. You, you recently did an interview with uh, Charleston newspaper. Yeah. Post and Courier, and you you yeah. mentioned a couple of these things, but just the the fact that at one point at the Carrie Ann Hearst that we knew said, "I'm I'm you know I I want to be you know live on a porch and just have babies." Like she didn't <laughs> want to <she, laughs> live on a porch. I want to you know sit well, on a porch. not her porch. I want to sit just, on a porch. She's gonna show up on your porch and live there. Well, I mean that would be kind of <laughs> that would be a new way of doing it. It's yeah, a new kind of Halloween. Ding dong. Hi. What's your Hi. anyway? I have a baby. I'm gonna just hang out on your porch. So you know, sit on the porch and have babies is, is what she you know said, and yet. No one w- wanted her to to do that immediately, right? Like we wanted to see her be the yeah. rock star that she is, and I love I love seeing them and seeing this the scrappiness that is still there. It's still like yeah. it was there with the Bard Angels. It's there, you know. It, it was there with the Boon Doc. What were they called? The Boon Docs. The Boon. Uh, uh, the first band. That we saw the, them. The boonies. Boonies. The boonies. The boonies. That, and is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. Boonies. boonies. I think so. Uh, which is where I saw I saw them first and saw right. her first and and then Barda Angels. This, this, this scrappiness, which is which is fun because she has she has actually learned a lot of instruments in the last ten years. Right? Dude, <laughs> she's gotten she's gotten really so, good. especially on guitar, like really, really, great. really, really good. Yeah, very uh, accomplished. But they're playing, but they're playing, they're playing drums, and then you know, Michael is, is an incredible musician of, of all the things. Guitar, he's great oh. at a lot of mandolin, this keyboard stuff. Uh, so they're traveling with all these instruments now, and just jumping around. Even I feel more than they even have been. But I just. I don't know. It's just so fun to see a, an evolution of of someone that has always inspired you, you people that, yeah. that you've always been inspired by, and yeah, and and how they've been able to pull out pull off these songs live. It's just really fantastic. They uh, yeah. they they totally are killing it. And I think that if anybody is is on the fence about seeing shovels and rope, and maybe maybe even have seen them in the past and thought, oh, okay, that's a that's their routine. You know, that, that's the husband wife people that they just, they sing, they sing all the songs and they just stare at each other the whole time. Well, it's, it is, it is some of that, but it's, it's, it's more now. It's, it's, they're really, it's really in their bones. I think yeah. more than I've ever seen. It's like they are oh, cool. professional, not that they haven't, but you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like, it, it feels really, really grounded and solid to me. Uh, yeah. Even with that seems like beautiful scrappiness. Yeah, it seems like they've just risen to the success that they've they've worked so hard for. Yeah, and as they've grown, they've just they've grown as musicians and performers. They actually haven't been in the Atlanta area uh, at a regular venue. They've done festivals and stuff around here, uh, which you know I just I don't. It's so hard to go to festivals. Yeah, for me. So I haven't seen them since. Uh, I guess the last time I would have saw them was at a festival. Was at a, a high water. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, and 
and before that was probably in Chicago uh, at the at the Metro, I think, mm-hmm. one time. So, yeah, I know it's it, it 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 always gives you hope for humanity when people who are as talented and work as hard as as they do get the success that they deserve. Yeah, you know, and in this industry, it's. It's, it, a lame it's just industry. not always that way. You know, there's, there's people, so many people who, uh, well, the films were a great example. Like they were incredibly hardworking and incredibly talented and the records were great. And they, you know, they didn't get the, the success that I thought they deserved uh, slow runner, Michael Flynn, all these, you know, bands and granted we're friends with these people. So we we feel more strongly, but it's so great to see people who like them, who are also just, on top of being talented on top and talented, I think is a, it's actually a word I don't love because you, you know, I think Carrie Ann is a prodigy to a certain extent. Sure. You know, she was born with the voice that she has, but she's cultivated that. And, and, uh, so anyway, they, they these people who are as for lack of a better word, talented as hardworking, but they're also just so authentic, mm. you know, I have a, no, I have a Chicago, it is. I, I have a Chicago friend that, that is their biggest fan. Uh, I've met her, we actually took an improv class together and she like a Stan, like a Stan fan, a Stan fan. <laughs> what, what? Stan? Like, you know, Eminem and Stan, Stan stalker yes. fan. No, well, no, no, she's very sweet. And she, we met in an improv class and she actually said, are you in uh jungle children? But the way that she knew that I was in jump little children was because she was obsessed with shovels and rope, found out about Cabaret Kiki, then found out about Jungle Joseph through Cabaret Kiki. Which, wow. So this is the first time that Emily got to meet um, Karen and Michael, and she, she was so worried about, you know, she didn't, she's like, all I could say was, you're my favorite band, and I felt so stupid. And I said, look, man, number one, no band that I've ever met minds when you say things like that. But secondly, these are people, these are people that really appreciate that and they're good and and when you when you're talking to them it's it's a heartfelt thing and their responses are oh, heartfelt yeah. and Carrie got what she wanted she not only gets to be a rock star but then she gets to go back to the bus and oh, have man. quiet time with the kids it's like oh man it's just a dream it's a dream it's so I love and I mean so much. nobody respects that more than you and me because that's what our mom did yeah. you know like oh. she, she she was you know, she wasn't going to give up her, the love of her, you know, her, her creative life to just be a mom. She wanted to be a mom, yeah. but she didn't want to stop acting. She didn't want to stop learning. Mm-hmm. So she took us to, to Wake Forest when she uh, went back to school. She took us to shows that she was directing. She took us, took us to shows that she was in and she put us in shows that she was in. Yeah. So it is so, it's so awesome to see. I mean, just to think back to the conversations at Fluids uh, and seeing Carrie Ann up there and playing with Carrie Ann there and, and hearing her talk about like, gosh, I don't know. Is, is this the life that I want? And, and and that's a great question to ask when you're playing at Fluids, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean is like, you don't know, you don't have any guarantee that your career is going to move past that point, that phase, right? Yeah. That you're going to be playing in a dive bar. Like, why that's not a dream that I, you know, I aspire to like playing in dive bars, sorry, dive bars around the world. Um, and I, I, I totally get why Carrie Ann felt like, God, is that, is this what I want? Right. Um, don't I want to have babies and sing to them on the front porch? Doesn't that sound great? And it does, but I'm, it's, you know, people like her and Michael come along once in a lifetime and to see them not pursue it feels criminal. 
So to see them like win and take their kids and like not sacrifice anything, like we're going to do this and we're going to have kids and we're going to tour and they're going to come with us and they're going to learn like how cool the world is and see their kids are going to grow up seeing, you know, watching through the lens of their parents being creative people and meeting all kinds of people. I don't know. It's just, they're heroes. They're definitely heroes. For sure. A disclaimer, of course, there's nothing wrong with just being a mother or just being a father, by the way. But no, no, that's that's that is equally as heroic. It is for sure. When you do it well. Right. When you do it well. If you're if you suck, then you're not a hero. You're a bastard. I mean, mostly (laughs) what is it that you want? What is it that you want to do? And and if yeah. that if that is your dream, then that should be your dream, and you should be able to have that. And same thing with, you know, same thing with Carrie and Michael. They should be able to. And I think that I think a lot of parents could learn from them. I I, I have talked to parents that are like, oh well, I'll never be traveling again. I'll never be, you know. Right. Now that we're having, I was like, well, I just don't believe that. And and actually, yeah. here's some here's some proof that that you can kind of just just uh you know be true to yourself. What do you want? What yeah. do you want? What do, you, what do you want for nothing? Brass ring. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, Shovels and Rope at the Vic Theater, brother. What's Macbeth? Macbeth. So I guess a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went to go see the show Macbeth, and that's uh, slightly different from the show Macbeth uh, by by William Shakespeare. Uh, there's, there's actually a slash through Mac and Beth. And the reason for that uh, is this is an adaptation by Erica Schmidt, who I was not aware of before this, before the production, but she's Peter Dinklage's wife, oh. which I'm sure she probably, you know, maybe she doesn't really care to be, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how she's identified. Oh yeah. It's Peter Dinklage's wife, but she's married to Peter Dinklage, which is just a cool fact, I guess. Uh, doesn't really have any bearing on the fact that she made a really awesome adaptation of Big Beth. And the premise is that there are a group of girls, Catholic high school girls who have taken the show Macbeth and they found a spot out in the woods outside of their school and they're just kind of obsessively performing it for themselves. They've learned it and they've performed it. And so the show is really just Shakespeare's language. It's 99.9% just Shakespeare, um, but it's very specifically adapted so that the, the cast is an, are all women um, portraying high, uh, high school girls in a Catholic school. Like all of this is very specific. There's some scripted moments where the kids interact with a, a smartphone or, or have a certain kind of reaction, but there's not really any extra dialogue, maybe one or two moments, but it's, so it's, it's primarily Shakespeare, but it's set in this way so that you are watching Macbeth the story through the lens of these girls who have kind of become obsessed with this dark, dark story. And, and you know, things kind of start to go off the rails towards the end. If you're not familiar with the story of Macbeth, which I had actually forgotten quite a lot about it. Um, it's, it's very dark, a lot of murder, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of backstabbing, both figurative and literal. And it's, it gets it gets ugly. It gets bloody. It, it's as, it doesn't have a good ending. <laughs> and so the challenge was uh, for the director, who was my neighbor, Jen Acker, oh. uh, who was an amazing singer, an amazing 
uh, actor. Uh, she and her husband, Brandon, both uh, really talented. Again, there's that word talented actors and singers uh, and just awesome people. But she did a really amazing job of writing this line where these girls are acting like girls. You know, you, you 100% believe that they are high school girls and the way that they're interpreting Shakespeare's language mm. is in a very modern tone. And yet the the story of Macbeth is crystal clear. So you're kind of laughing at their interpretation of it and fully engaged in the story of Macbeth at the same time. Wow. And I, I talked to Jen a little bit about that. And she was saying, like, yeah, that was the thing to really – work on the most was how do we how do we ride that so that uh you totally get these are kids but you also get that 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 there's a show so in in her director's notes and if you've never seen a play before (laughs) which you might not have (laughs) um, oftentimes in the program there'll be these the director will write a little you know a few paragraphs about uh the 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 process the creative process working on the show or just what inspired them uh and in this case jen pointed to something that i don't know if erica schmidt intentionally was referencing or if it was just something that jen picked up on but um she pointed back to do you remember the those girls those three girls who went off into the woods uh, a few years ago and two of them were obsessed with the slender man yes and this is real this is happened and this is not uh, a story this is really happened um and for those of you who don't know the slender man is kind of a uh, a urban legend for the internet age. It was created online. The Slender Man as a kind of a creepy, long-limbed dude. But these two girls kind of discovered this. I guess you can go and find just stories that almost like fan fiction that people have written either about Slender Man or other creepy things. Uh, what's it? Oh, creepy pasta is where he was. Yeah, yeah. creepypasta.com I think is where you can find the origins of Slender Man. Um, anyway. They became obsessed with this character and they lured uh, a friend or acquaintance of theirs out into the woods near their homes or school and they they stabbed her multiple times Uh, and she lived they left her for dead out in the woods but she was able to crawl to the road and i think she survived so thank goodness for that but so if that that kind of puts gives you a little bit of insight as to what's going on in this show, oh, yeah, like it it gets dark. <laughs> what if what if Macbeth was creepypasta story? Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, that, exactly. So uh, anyway, if you're in the if you live in the Atlanta area, uh, the theater is called Synchronicity. Uh, and it's running st- this through this weekend, October 27th. Uh, you can get tickets at uh, synchrotheater.com. That's S-Y-N-C-H-R-O-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.com slash tickets slash buy, B-U-Y slash Mac dash Beth. Um, I'll put those in the... Yeah, I'll put that link in the commenters. And the uh, notes. Treat yourself. It's a little black box theater, as they call it, in a storefront theater in Chicago. Um, it's small. It's intimate. The actors are all just kick-ass. Wow. They're all amazing. They're nice. so good, especially the woman who played Lady Macbeth was just so, so damn good. And I, I apologize. I don't know any of their names offhand. But uh, I, I really wish you could see it. Uh, I would put it up against anything, you know, any storefront theater I'd see. In, in Chicago. Um, it was really, really terrific. That's so great. Uh, yeah. That's great to hear. 
Yeah. Go theater. Go, go theater. theater. Go theater. Have a party. Come yeah. on. It's your birthday. You it's your birthday. Do what you're doing. Keep doing it. Don't Dude. stop. Uh, <laughs> well, brother, th- this has been a very uh, a dense, but I yeah. think very uh, personal and yet uh, informative uh, little little hour that we spent together. I love your are your local are you local music idea. So I yeah. think we should. I think we should play with that for the for next week. Uh, you already have one, so we'll we'll save that. Maybe we'll save her for for uh, next week's, and and I'll I'll go listen to some Chicago jams. Yeah, stumble across so you know, and you know, it doesn't matter how you find them. I, I found out about this this girl because again, I had a neighbor who whose whose daughter is dating one of the like the guitar player in the band. And so we just got in a conversation. So however you stumble across it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you find someone from Chicago that you like or, or don't care for that much, that's okay. Sure. But they, yeah, I think that'll be fun. We'll, we'll just, we're trying to share the culture of our home abodes. Home abodes. <laughs> and beyond. So you, you check out Watchman, men, Watchman, oh, yeah. Watchman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Watch him on. I'll try to sneak it in between episodes of Veronica Mars, which I still want to watch more than anything else. I know, man. How? Where are you now? Um, I'm season like three. two or three episodes into season three. <laughs> right, right. And um, yeah, it definitely has the 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 sophomore college. Yeah, you know, it's like. Yeah, it's it's got that Buffy. Not not as bad. Like as Buffy no. in college was very jarring. It was jarring. It was like, who? What yeah. happened? Oh, Joss is gone. Yeah, <laughs> he does not care. <laughs> um, and, and this doesn't have that, but it it, it it it's it's okay. Yeah, she just feels a little different. Like her character feels a little angrier or something. And maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe that maybe she is. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. she's like. You know, she's had enough friends who've been raped or she's been raped enough herself. Right. And she's actually pissed off and she's not as she's still funny, but she's not as sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I didn't I I didn't remember that. But that's the the good news is that you've got you go and I went into season three knowing that it was the last one. So anything that was a little bit less than stellar, I was like, oh, because it's the last season. But you yeah, are yeah. lucky to, for the fact that it is not your last season. So you're going right. to breeze right on through to season four, which I think is one of the best ones. So, oh, exciting! Yeah, and the movie. Yeah. I guess I guess you should watch the movie, but not, well, yeah. not as good. But anyway, anyway, you'll still you'll still have so much more Veronica Mars to enjoy uh, for you know probably a few months to come. It's tough to beat. It's tough to beat. I'll, I'll give Watchmen a try, but it's yeah. tough to beat. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, I sure do love you, brother. I love you, brother. Miss you. I miss you too. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, as always, brought to you by BivensBrothersCreative.com. Yes. If you like to have, if you like the internet, um, we'll 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 find a home. We'll build a home for you there. <laughs> if you don't like the internet, yeah. if you're like us and you hate the internet, right. that is <laughs> a problem. Don't don't call us. Don't <laughs> just keep it to yourself, people. Yeah, keep the internet yeah. to, to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, as always, if you have anything that you want nerdy, oh, nerdy doesn't mean comic book superheroes. Nerdy is whatever you're into, yep. uh, and you want Matt and I to take a look at it, listen to it, watch it, read it. Um, you know, join us on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Facebook uh, you think. slash Bivens Brothers will do the trick. Yeah, and we just make, we a, make a comment there. 
comment, write your words. Tweet at us. Do we have a tweeter? Uh, we do have a tweeter. It is um, Bivens Brothers, uh, at okay. Bivens Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. T- tweet at us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should be tweeting more since Facebook is just blatantly, like, we don't care about democracy. Well, F-U. But then again, the democracy is... is Democracy doesn't on. care about democracy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the 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 least the part that we like least about is is actually on Twitter. Anyway, yes, Twitter's fine. We should we should pick it up. Yeah, yeah, pick it up, everybody. Our, whatever your tools of social you can find us. are, just come and get us and leave a note and and we'll all have fun together. You will. Um, all right. So we know our homework for next week. Our homework. Until then. Okay. Love you, brother. Love you too. Cheers. Yo! Have a fun time with two bros.